gosh, I hate it when things are described as colors or like. Sorry, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Wait, no, hold on. I want to tell me about this. <laughs> I hate it when colors are described using color words. I prefer to have them described with emotions. If you go to Perkins and they ask you what type of gravy you want, they offer you two types of gravy. They offer you turkey or brown. <laughs> So one, one of them is, is color-flavored, yes. and the other one is one is a color, one is the flavor. Yeah, I know. It's like, what is that? I mean, the only reason it made me think of this and how much I hate it is I was getting, a, like, they had these sample drinks out the other day at, a, like, this food-tasting thing. And one of them was turkey-flavored, um, and the other one was brown-flavored. And, and they they handed out these, like, little, there's supposed to be these very light drinks, right? And they're here. It's refreshing. It's light. It's Sprite with some effervescent <laughs> flavors in it, and it has a little, it has a hint of lavender. I was like... Well, it looks purple. It's a complaining, but I hate it's how that fruit's no, called no. the orange. It should have a real name, not a color. I think, I think a, a, a more, more egregious case of this, other than the gravy, is probably like popsicles, <laughs> where there's the purple one, which is very clearly a grape popsicle. <laughs> what, what flavor popsicle would you like? Would you like grape or red? Because no one's quite <laughs> sure <laughs> if it's cherry or strawberry or some other red fruit. Right. So the red one or the grape one. There's a pretty good venture by this joke about that. Um, I just don't we'll like colors, flavors. <laughs> Especially when they're like, what color do you want? Or what flavor do you want? Orange. Chase just... That makes sense. I'm does sorry. It, okay. It's not every color. Does it? But lavender, but lavender, lavender doesn't. <laughs> Lav- I'm sorry. Lavender is... I mean, when you walk up to a purple stand and they're like, we threw a little... <laughs> we threw a little fusion here, baby. I hope you like it. Right? I'm like, what, what do you want? I want berry. Do you have any? Do you do any of those uh, blue ones? Do you have any mixed? Sorry, my favorite berry. Hello and welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Lilja, and with me this week is Chase Musil and Ian Fuchs celebrating season two. Episode one of the Interface Podcast. Wow, what a thrill to be back. It's nice to be back in the old recording chair. Had you abandoned your chair? Got a mic pressed up against my lips. That's sweet, cool like, metal. <laughs> like a professional. Just mush it in there really hard. Audio chapstick. So uh, so we we took a, a few weeks off and uh, and I'll had a little bit of time to, to rest and recuperate and travel to the wonderful state of Montana for at least one of us. <laughs> and I tell from the energy in my voice how recovered I am. You sound very recovered. Um, we Let's sound do so it. weathered some, and rugged. Some house projects were accomplished. Um, I spilled a half gallon of paint all over a rug yesterday. That's, that's a great way to go into a podcast. So, uh, well, what color was it? White. I spilled it on the table, the rug, the floor, the counter. Me. Not floor colored. You can just tell <laughs> Or table you know color. You. No. <laughs> Anyway, today we're talking about digital ownership, and Chase uh, Chase brought this cool book to our attention, which is, uh, do you want to explain it? It's sort of like this book that can only be owned by a certain number of people or something like that? Yeah, the the premise is that there is a, an, an engineer at Google who wrote a, wrote a book, and it was um, distributed to 100 people, and only those people each had the original copy, and then each time they share it so they can pass it along via email to one person, um, I mean, if you're playing by the rules, right? And so you, you pass it on and you have to delete two words from every page and add one. So after the first iteration, it becomes a unique book. From every and page or more every, you pass from on. every copy? For every page, every page. Oh, wow. So it reduces by half every time you get it? What? Delete I, two I, words and replace one? 
correct. So you'd, you'd reduce it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not half of the content of the book, but yeah. Well, I think half of the content so you're going down to word how per page. creative you get with your word selection. Well, I think it's like, I mean, if it's if it's 100 pages or something, right, then it's 100 words down every could time. Could I, so effectively, could I delete like a, a cannot oh, and I replace right, it with right. a can't? I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. But, I mean, there's only so many contractuals. It's only, all, so it's just a book of, con- now it's a book of contractions. I, actually, you can't because cannot is one word and can't is also one word. Cannot, okay, but you could have cannot. That's one word. Think so. So I. <laughs> semantics aside, the, the, oh, my, like my favorite, my favorite one, my favorite one-word word will not. <laughs> Wilt. Um, Wilt. Wilt. So all that aside, the, the the idea here is that every the 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 first hundred people all have an identical book. Everyone after that has a unique iteration or a unique copy of the book. And in theory, no two books are identical after, Correct. other than the original 100. Correct, yes, And also, exactly. there's a limited number of times that somebody can have this book, that's too. That's true. Correct. Right? That's absolutely right. at some point, that's, you get I think that's the cool part. I mean, so, a couple different things, right? So, the there's a few different unique things here. There's, like, you know, what does it mean to have ownership of content, and how much can you change it before it's all yours, and blah, blah, blah. We've talked about some of that. But I think the more interesting thing here is the scarcity component, right? Is that what you're which you're getting at, Mr. Lilja. Yeah, I think that's what makes it really interesting. I, I like the... So, copying is free or cheap. And when you have, you know, these days with storage devices, you basically have unlimited storage capacity. Mm-hmm. And so having a digital copy of something is not unique or interesting in any way. And so adding this sense of scarcity to it, however artificial it may be, it, it's a kind of a neat idea. Especially how, like, this is a very clever idea in that it makes the artificial scarcity a key part of, like, it, 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 it's the feature of the book, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it changes the like so w- when we all watch a show together culturally, right? Um, you know, there's posts about whatever the latest episode of whatever the hot show is. So like, you know, Game of Thrones is on. There's often a lot of posting on Game of Thrones, or or if there's a new book that comes out and it's really popular, you'll sometimes see people posting about that book, right? So there's this mm-hmm. there's a component which is like sharing this experience, and that happens like on some level with really you know, popular sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But I'd say that this experience is also, you know, like it, it's forced, like it's built into the model of it, like having the shared experience. So we would all be able to talk about reading the book three weeks down the line and we'd, mm-hmm. we'd be interested in knowing the differences between each other. You know, it's funny you mention like watching Game of Thrones, everybody watching it together, because that makes me think of uh, Twitter. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between scarcity, like true digital scarcity and um, uh, uh, just things that are temporarily in the consciousness. So like oh, yeah, the Twitter posts go scarcity. like yeah. they go away and that they fall off your timeline and they become trickier to track down, but they're not really scarce. They're still there. No. It just takes a little bit of effort to get to them. This is like no. true digital scarcity in that they're gone. I meant shared experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, cause there's this other thing that digital content is really well, which is like allows us to experience something simultaneously mm-hmm. when we otherwise would not be able to. Right. But there's, there's just a good line to draw there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. I don't know of anything else that does this though. Like I'm not, I was trying to think of examples of something that's scarce, and tip- the only thing that comes to my mind are video game demos that have limited numbers of plays or hours. There's that amazing one. Was it the yeah. PT demo? Oh, yeah, the so, PT demo. Yeah, or whatever. I can't remember. What, was it PT? Yeah, we're, yeah, it is. And we're verging into the into the uh, relatively obscure territory. But there was a de- video game demo for 
PS3 that PS4 um, was pulled PS4 and it was pulled from the store and so then only people who could play it were the people who had downloaded it. But that's right. This it was true, the like, Silent Hill game and yeah, so it was it was this game that was out and it was only it was the the, the playable teaser they called it and uh, the idea was this was like the lead up to the actual game but then the game never got made. Right. And this and then it was pulled from the store but not from people's hard drives. So if you had it on your hard drive then you got it forever, but you were you, you could only have it. So like you were the only person. Who could so have this it. is this is verges on the same idea as like the the calculator apps for iPhone that have like a a baked in emulator or something hiding in the background, and and, oh, and, and they, they get pulled they get from the put store. store. They're available for a day or two, and all the blogs pick it up. They're like download. You know, junky calc, and it turns out that if you tap the <coughs> equal sign fifteen times, it becomes uh, an emulator for Game Boy or something. And so people think, oh, that's super cool. I got to get uh, it. Yeah, right. And then as soon as Apple gets, catches wind of it, gone from the store. It's bold. And so it's like yeah. there's this mad rush to try to get it. But then once it's gone, it's gone. And everybody's like, well, now I just have to wait for the next Game Boy emulator. And if I miss my opportunity, I miss my opportunity. There's, so, yeah, there's another thing like that, too. There was a, a Kickstarter for a, a game. It was just like it was idea. It was, it was an app with a bunch of games in it. And people really liked it. But then the company that produced it went under and for whatever reason, they decided to pull it off the App Store. So it's the same sort of thing. And it's interesting now that because there's these centralized repositories for us to get the applications we use, that can provide a sort of sense of scarcity in that maybe it's only available in certain geographies or you, it's only there for a certain period of time before the company shutters, something like that. Right. I don't know how I feel about that kind of scarcity. Well, I think I think you have people that, that even get I, – I, it's not a huge issue now because streaming services and stuff like that are so – popular whether it's music streaming or video streaming but you start to get people that are in that mindset of of digital content being something that could become scarce could be hard to attain so mm-hmm. they like they buy a movie on right. itunes they download a copy of it and they have like multiple redundant backups of that copy they download their entire right. music library and they have it is that common up. there are a lot of people who do it because they're concerned that at some point be, be, because at any point in time on a streaming service, a record company can go, we're no longer going to allow you to it's have done. this song. And if you have it downloaded, yeah, it really they can't playlist. take it away. But if oh, yeah, if yeah. it exists only in the cloud and they pull Taylor Swift's music off Apple Music, your entire playlist that was half Taylor Swift and half Lady Gaga is now just a playlist of Lady Gaga. All right, here's an existential question for you. Can wow. you ever truly own a digital file? The closest I can think of is that you own the physical media that that yeah. file is contained on, but then are yep. you claiming that you own that particular configuration of electrons on that media, even if it's going to be identical to the configuration on somebody else's? I mean, it's the same as having like a print of a photo, right? Like it's as much as you own print 999 of print 1000. I suppose. The, but that, that's different because that's like a physical thing. Yeah, but this is a physical thing at its core, right? Like it's the kind same of, arrangement though. on a physical thing is just imperceptible <laughs> i think that maybe the right way to do it is that you have the right to use it as you see fit and i think that was a big discussion about drm back in the day was was like i mean it restricted your rights in favor of the the manufacturers or the artists or whatever like that and it, the, the the big conflict was between like do users deserve the right to use the things they buy how they wish or n- especially when it's on their own machines or not hmm and that was sort of enforced digital scarcity. Yeah, that's that's more like Creative Commons licensing and like fair use, right? And all, 
Like if you're um, if you're trying to use something for a, a purpose that's other than consumption. But even things like it, DRM files, it was always an issue of like you couldn't copy them to another computer that you also owned because that computer wasn't right. authorized to play those files. So then that was like a huge issue of like, but I own this, and and I, I think the issue is that you know back to the the picture or the painting or whatever example versus a digital file you can't you can easily recreate a digital file in theory an infinite number of times and it's effectively identical whereas you can't recreate a photograph like you can't photocopy a picture a thousand times and have the thousandth photocopy look like the first one how the, fi- I mean, the fifth one is not going to look like the like you're going. You have a quality degradation because when you take things out of the digital space and into the physical space, things don't have the permanence of bits and bytes of and electrons. We we talked about this earlier when we talked about copying um, the idea of like a oh god what is it a image I can't remember exactly what it's called but because oh the, yeah yeah they a lot of people degraded. Well, not intentionally. People don't know how to use copy features on their phones. So they just take screenshots, and because that, and then they upload it to Instagram. Uh, and because those have the compression algorithms, they just slowly degrade over time. Pics, yeah. Uh, I always want to say post, but that's something different. <laughs> that's um, not the same. And uh, so, I mean, it sort of degrades that way. But that's different because it's still. I mean, it gets the job done, and it's not an intentional thing. It's not really scarce. You can still take your own screenshot of it and own it, you know, forever, basically. Yeah, the the thing that kills me about. All this is that like the copying and like the manipulation and fair use and like what what constitutes the original and like what like, I don't know sort of all that stuff. That's it's interesting, but it's it's also sort of impossible to enforce, right? Just like because you free will, you can copy what you want, you can make recordings, blah blah. blah you can take screenshots. Um, the thing that's more interesting is the force scarcity, just because you need a particular vehicle to enforce that. And you know, like if I give you a if I give you an MP3. There's no way that that's like locked in anyway. There's no like self-destruction timer built in, right? Even if even if you had it, right? Like you could like still record it with a different app and then have a secondary copy of it. You've got performance degradation or quality degradation. But the book, right? Like the book or something that lives only lives within this app in which you have to like to share it. You have to go through this mechanism of you know manipulation and then you know, sharing along, whatever. That's interesting because it's a different medium. Like it literally changes the rules in which you can consume the content. Degradation is an interesting way of implementing DRM in that you can allow somebody to copy it as many times as they want, but every time they do, the quality gets reduced a little bit. But isn't, isn't that like your, your initial example, this, this magic book that you remove words from an ad word, uh, ad word to you're effectively degrading the quality each time you do it, it depends because, on, but, but I mean, well, but you are because the, the original yeah. version becomes not the original version. And the more times it's copied and shared, the yeah. less and less like the original it is. So you're, while it's not physically like a harder to read or harder to understand copy necessarily, it is not, it, it falls further and further from the original. It, that doesn't necessarily it, mean it's degrading. I mean, in yeah, this case, there's some different things. It could if be you were better, trying to right? get a copy of the original book, yes, but that's not the purpose. I don't think of this book. It would be different if you were trying to read, like the Odyssey or something, and every time you got that book, like a couple words were missing or changed, or pages gone. Like that's or what pages like, think about, yeah. like like how you share a physical book and like it's somehow been damaged or something, right? 
I like the idea that you get like a copy of a book that's been copied to you a few times and the DRM has like just with the thesaurus replaced like every 10th word in the book. So like you, you get like gender that's going on, but you have like a different experience of that book than somebody else does. Can you imagine the fit? Sorry. I, that you would have it as the original author of that content. Oh my though. God. <laughs> well, or, or think of, think of like artifacting that happens, like especially in audio files. Yeah. Audio files. Yeah. Um, where, the more copies that are made, like you start to get things where like things actually fall misaligned at times mm. because of the artifacting. Mm-hmm. So now uh, mm-hmm. your thor- thesaurus example, let's say one word is removed, but all of the synonyms for that word stay in place, but they just shift to the next word in the list. <laughs> so now everything is off by one. Yeah, I hate that, <laughs> and I, I, I can't even think of a good example because I, I, I don't have a thesaurus in front of me. But like, you get like a Spanish to English dictionary, and the words are off by like, like two. right, like just just the tiniest bit of like misalignment, oh, awesome. and all of a sudden the entire thing is effectively useless. It's destroyed, and uh, it's cool. It's like a code actually, and then you'd be looking to break the code. <laughs> yeah, but right. now, now let's say you have you implement this, and you don't have it be malicious. It could be. It would be sort of this interesting almost tax on users, right? So, like, the average person yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. really care that much about how audio files sound is fine with it sounding like and copied a million times. But, like, the nerd who is willing to spend more on things is going to be forced to spend more so they can get, like, the pristine copy every time. But I think this is – it's like oh, – sorry. I think ahead. you're already seeing this and, like, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with it. You're already seeing this because the digital copy on iTunes is HD, right? It's like 720, maybe right. 1080, but it's not the full quality. And then you have the the nerd who wants the full quality version, and they go out and they buy it on Blu-ray with the 24p, right. you know, option in there, or or 4K, or what? Like they're gonna get it at the absolute yeah. highest quality because they, for whatever personal reason, they care that they have the highest, most real quality of this. And most people are like, yeah, I'd watch it on YouTube in 480 on my phone. <laughs> In portrait okay, mode. In portrait okay, mode, right? Like, right. Okay. But I, like, okay. so I think that's true, and I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. Here, let me let, let me interject just briefly because I think you touched on something that could be great. So as you're talking about like the person who has a higher threshold for quality and wants to, you know, and somehow get the highest quality in, right? So I think there's two methods you could do that. You could either be willing to spend money, right, to get the the top copy that makes sense that's easy right like oh i don't want the i don't want your copy of a 480 by 360 movie like i want the original so i'm going to pay itunes for the 4k movie or whatever right because that's one method the other method or best buy, right whatever wait best buy wait why buy well, i'm thinking somewhere you buy the physical because because oh, like oh, the, the streaming yeah, copy anywhere, or yeah. the downloaded copy is already some form of a compressed version of oh the i see so what I'm you're saying, saying. Like, okay sure you're going top level i want as close to the original like if you could give me the final cut file with the original media i would pay for that but what's the next oh, step okay. after that it's probably buying a blu-ray okay so that's that's all fine but and then it's going to obtaining really the original about... studio masters <laughs> no i don't care about the film version. oh my god no okay so i don't care about any of that i don't care how you get the top quality it can be physical you can pay for the top one whatever i'm i think what the alternative would be then is if you want the top quality copy and you don't want to pay for it then you rent out your computer time. Think like Bitcoin mining. So it's like I companies could now like you could now use my computer as a whatever, right? Sitting idle. You could use it 
for whatever purpose you need to, right? Like it's like it's CPU is getting farmed out part, as part of a larger like bot network or whatever. But in return, I'm getting progress toward the higher quality thing. So when I go to sleep, I you know my movie isn't done, and when I wake up, it's at 93 percent, and you've got you've had you know eight hours to use my. But computer. But you're, you're you're still effectively paying for it. Then you're just paying for it in yeah exactly not but, in dollars. I'm I'm having a larger conversation here, Ian. I'm switching the meta to how we think about currency and exchange of goods on the internet. Stop trying to make Bitcoin happen. So I haven't. <laughs> so so let me play this out to its logical conclusion. What you're saying is that you can farm out your CPU time for yep. for money for for improving the quality of media, right? And that 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 media has attached to it. Uh, an implicit value that we you, right well, you can buy, you, it's good or bad and then how good it is or bad it is to, affects how much you're willing to pay for it. So what this effectively becomes is a marketplace for the value of CPU times. Correct. Uh, um, and so now, right, you have a sort of a this crazy, this weird uh, 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 Bitcoin style thing where you get to exchange super high quality gifts of cats, uh, and that's like five cents. But if you have a super high quality version of a movie, that's like what ten cents. 20 yeah i mean i don't suddenly i go to the store and i don't i it's back to bartering right like i don't have i don't don't bring my money i bring up a thumb drive full of like super high quality versions of recently released you had a whole bunch of cat gifts and you're like i need i just need milk i just need an orange i mean back in the day at land parties you just (laughs) traded movies right i I just want orange lavender juice oh no god the abomination no but i mean it doesn't like the thing doesn't matter right the movie your gift that doesn't matter at all it what you're doing is you're just you're just putting a value on your cpu time and specifically your your unused cpu time like not whenever, right, whenever you want to use it you're assuming that your value is greater than whatever you'd be getting out of it which has to which is more than likely true but what it's going toward like you could even like you don't know why you do this for cpus well i mean you could like you might want to be paid more if your computer was working on something that was more like, like has a higher risk value or I don't know, maybe like maybe video decoding is more th- worth more money because you can't stop at mid cycle or like, I don't know, like I wonder there's, there's different reasons why you do that. I wonder if people have leveraged botnets for this sort of thing already. That's right. right. Like, That's exactly what this would be, right? You yeah. Use them for DDoS attacks, but like presumably you could That's use what I'm them saying, for, for work. Like, brute force attacks to decode passwords or it doesn't encode have to movies. Be malicious. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, that's right. I'm wondering if they're using that for that now. Like, in order for yeah, this yeah, yeah. scenario we're putting together to exist, you have to have degrading qualities. But like, there's I potential. Th- I mean, I mean, you don't even really have to have degrading qualities. I'm just like, sorry. I was as a as a potential method to pay for this like weird where you have to do the degrading quality game yeah but i'm saying like in general you could do this as well right somebody must have done this uh for um bitcoin mining already Botnets i mean that's how bitcoin mining. that is yeah that's how bitcoin mining works in general i'm saying like but how could i sign up my like three computers that are idle plug a network cable into them and a power cable into them and get paid for them like would the cost of their cpu t- cpu time be higher than my electrical cost right and then like what's that offset worth to you and, and, and totally different conversation. But, but in, all, in all of this example, you're basically just saying instead of paying me in Bitcoin, pay me in a better version of Moana MP dot MP four <laughs> on my hard drive. Like I, I bitch better have my 720p. <laughs> At least you know what you're getting. <laughs> so I'm, I, 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 it's just, it's just a weird like. I, I don't. I, it goes back to Andrew's thing. Like I need to go buy my orange lavender juice, and I have this thumb drive full of uh cat gifts that are really good cat gifts like really high quality like 
they haven't been tampered with. They're like full res, like whatever, like 1080 cat gifts. <laughs> this cat stays a cat from beginning to end of the gift. It doesn't turn into a dog the or anything. It's gift out right there. Cat ass cat. <laughs> exactly. And uh, like, that, so you're, you're just saying now higher quality content becomes your currency. And I don't, I don't think that's the... I don't, I don't think, that's think the, the content has anything to do with it. Well, that's just the medium. I, I'm just like, you CPU cycles but, is really what I'm talking but, about. But yeah. So you're just saying like I could pick anything to get paid in, and one of those options is just Moana.mp4 in a better resolution. Right. I was just saying, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. And you're welcome. <laughs> All right. So I see what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> you're face-to-face with greatness. It's strange. Sorry. All right. All right so uh, all of that aside, like – however you're, you're paying for it. So is it, it's all a question of ownership. Like, do you, in, at the end of all of this, you still don't own the file though, right? You just, True. like, you just have somebody, you own you the have somebody else's of electrons on your of physical thing media. That's probably DRM. It's, all- it's just a better quality version. It's, it's like a combination yeah. of like, like this whole degradation of quality with, with shares is just like, one step removed from net neutrality issues where it's like you're willing to pay more for better quality. Like, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that this exists in forms, right? Cause you can pay more for the HD copy of a movie than you can pay more than the SD copy, right? That's currently that's still the case in different. You can buy both versions in iTunes, but I think they're the same price now most of the time. In oh, theory, that there's an actual reason for that because it's more resource intensive to have to transmit to you a bigger file. Sure. Yeah, that's that's fine. But like, I don't know. I mean, the concept of ownership ownership gets even more messed up when uh, you are using a system like Dropbox or AWS as your primary storage solution. So you own the rights to a digital file that exists on someone else's server that is transmitted to someone else's server that has your name on it. It's really bad. Right. Yeah, through how many middlemen? Sorry. Right. Right. So it feels to me like the only solution for this is not like the idea of ownership is that I have a file on my hard drive seems pretty outdated in a, uh, in a world where so much stuff exists in the cloud. Yeah. Um, so we should go back to diskettes because that was, you owned a diskette. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you had to use 50 of them to watch a movie. We could all take pictures of our boxes of that we have that are all physical media, right? That would be, uh, here's my proof. Because I've got, we've got DVDs for days, right? But I don't, I, like I'm, I would like to get rid of them, honestly. I would like to get rid of all of my DVDs. But then you get to this problem, like, I could back it up locally and have a couple, like, I can have a decent backup system and have it all running off Plex or whatever. But then, mm-hmm. you know, like, what happens, I don't know, what, like, my computer dies or... The the NAS yeah. that they're all sitting on gets corrupted, like, whatever. Like, again, so, so then the idea yeah. of, like, so then what do you do? You make another copy of it. To have right. a redundant backup, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, but I only owned one copy, so why do I have two copies? And so yeah. I, I really do think it's it's a, a matter of in the digital world, ownership is just less ownership, and it's more license to have a thing. It's like license to use, right. but not any part of ownership. Yeah. Versus, so like you Andrew owns that Minnesota shirt, like, and it is his shirt, and he can prove that it is his shirt because he's wearing it. Are you saying that my it, shirt is just Minnesota? That's all I can see is just Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> oh, Minnesota Wild. Oh, man, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. um, Check out my pretty cool Minnesota shirt. It just says Minnesota yeah. on my chest with no other graphics below it. Obviously. 
It's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. You know what's funny is we probably could just like go and read. You know what? One of us would just be us reading the EULA, right? Just <laughs> the EULA. Yeah, of something. All right. Do you want to take a quick break? And then I have a, a topic. Before we do, I just want to think about the, the idea of how much this all breaks down the second that you realize that I think most people don't give a shit about owning this thing. They just want to be able to get it as easily as possible where they want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and true. So they're they're willing to sacrifice quality, cost, ownership, whatever, just so they can watch the next episode of whatever on their phone in the subway. So talking about uh, your your topic for the break, right? The ease of access being mm-hmm. more important than really actually anything else. To be Speaking honest. of ease of access, here's something that makes it harder to do something. <laughs> do you like, Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So this, this idea that there was a time where that, I mean, when we all started, not maybe started, okay. At some point in our lives, there was a moment where everybody was doing peer to peer file transferring and we were all getting our music that way and i think it was i mean it was, it was music and movies right like that's pretty much it and you all the big we m's all downloaded them right the big m's and we all use the big m morpheus or maybe the big k casa um morpheus or whatever right. those are potent or limewire or shit yeah whatever they're all p2p bear was it bear share, share bear. Yeah, they're all the same thing you know what's funny about that is that they literally all had the same interfaces as well. Like there was, was no I think it was, it was the same yeah. code. It was just I think it was just the same app, the same right? Logo. Yeah. It was just reskinned yeah. with a new name. Yeah. Anyway, so we all use those to get our content. But then the only like then comes along iTunes, right? And the reason why we have this fundamental groundswell and shift is because it literally is easier. Has nothing to do with cost because you actually have to pay for iTunes. Right. But it was easier than downloading right. from P2P it's, networks. It, it all goes back to well, Bitcoin ate P2P's lunch too. But that's a different nerd conversation. It, it all goes back Five to... Five P2P file transfer services hate these guys. <laughs> <laughs> one weird trick. It all goes back to, I, I, I want to say, episode seven of, of season one, um, when when we talked about like the idea of like turning on the TV and just having Chamber of Secrets on an ABC family versus, that's right. versus that's having right. to go to Netflix Johnny. or HBO or Hulu and find something to watch. Like People want to exert the least amount of effort to get to whatever the end result is and whether that's the song they want to listen to the movie their tv show they want to watch whatever the the calculation they need to do the the location or the map to get from place to place whatever they want whatever the fewest number of taps is to get there and that it's only the select few nerds who really care about finding the better more efficient but whatever better quality whatever way to do that so for most people it's it's a matter of I could go on Napster and I could search and I could wait a day or two to get a file to download because somebody was uploading it at you know terrible di- uh, a terrible dial-up connection, or I could go to mm-hmm. iTunes and I could just click a button and in oh at the time a minute or two the song was on my computer, right. and so the idea that like it was more immediate and like the only thing more immediate than that is it's on the radio or you're streaming it yep. and. And so, so you're at, you, I but mean, streaming wasn't a right, thing, though. So, but those are more immediate because right. they came to you as opposed to you seeking. Right, and so yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and that's 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 the whole shift is just in the the immediacy, and that that in doing that, the the way that things have become more quickly attainable and more accessible is in reducing so, the quality of things. So we can talk. Let's we can talk about that today, though, right? Because. Um, Currently, people still buy stuff through digital stores. It's the it's 
the easiest way, right? I, I think that there's an argument there. But the thing I think that's come to surpass that, right, was as I think you can all – it's like the music industry. They're the leaders in all this, right? Because now you have Spotify as opposed to iTunes. I don't know if it is the leader or whatever, but like at least in my mental model, Spotify is the leader. And the I think you could confirm this by like having seeing Apple Music be – very much in following suit of this, right. a real-time streaming service as opposed to I mean, like, each like, piece, like right? Spotify just sense. passed sixty million paid users, and yeah. and yeah. so like that's that's a significant number of people who are paying so they don't have to buy and have a, a library of music maintained that that right. everything is right. just as I it's want it as I need it, click or tap I mean, or it's, whatever, it's the, and it's immediate immediate gratification of music. It's the ER library, right? Like it, in this case, it's about convenience again. You don't have to own these files. You don't have to pay for them. You don't have to do anything like that because they exist right. there for you. You can just go track them down wherever you want. Right. And um, there's another piece of this, which is, you know, instead of having you like, instead of you having to go search for whatever music you want to listen to, you can just now have your daily mixes and the suggestions. So there's like the Pandora element, right? Because that's really like, that was the right. first one that did that really well in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But the Pandora piece of that, which is like now your daily mix or weekly, whatever the the whatever Spotify weekly or Discover all that weekly. stuff. Like those things are coming in Discover weekly. Those things are all coming in as, you know, a way to give you content without having to think about it. So I just hit play and then it should ostensibly be giving me music that I like. Mm-hmm. Ostensibly. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for video though. Right? Like I, I still have yet to have that moment with video and it's pretty much because the library sizes aren't large enough. I mean, Netflix has a crazy large library, but still their, their library is not large enough to be tailored to me. Not that I'm so particular, but you know what I mean. Right. I mean, that's the problem with these huge databases, right? Is now becomes less of an issue of ownership because people are totally good to give up their ownership in terms of convenience. Now the problem is making that service valuable because if, if it's just this huge database, you have to help people figure out what's in there. Right. Right. So with uh, you know, with the scarcity piece, um, I, I just want to bring up this other thing that has become of interest to me as I've become co-located with more people and we've moved away, um, there's this idea that like, Hey, maybe the the three of us want to watch a TV show together. And specifically came up with game of Thrones. Right. But, um, there's like, there's different ways to do this. I think that VR is a really good Avenue for this in the future. And I really think that the social VR experience is going to be the the only thing that I'm really, I'm interested in. Otherwise to me, it's still kind of like a gimmicky, like I love VR and I love the promise of what it offers, but I haven't seen the good application yet. I haven't seen the good use case. And I think social good VR, application. I need that good sweet FaceTime, but not using FaceTime with you guys. And um, yeah, so if we could use VR as a, as a method to have you know have that shared social experience, and so like if I want to put a movie on and we're all in the same room in VR, right, and we can see each other's avatars, you don't have to own the movie because it's effectively like you coming to my house to watch the movie. So there's there's all these questions that now play like. Should we, should you have to pay some type of like, you know, minuscule royalty or like rental fee to like join the room? Like here's, here's 10 cents for joining the room to watch the thing that somebody's already like paid. Or should it just be that I can let anybody watch who wants to watch, but it's limited to four seats, right? So I can never have more than four people. Or maybe I pay for the, I pay more to have the extra seats. And then a piece of that goes to the content company versus the platform. I don't know. There's like a lot of questions around this. Arguments like this always make me think that they just reveal that companies are money grubbing in that. Like, yeah. No, the only reason that this is a conversation is because the technology exists now to be able to track and make you pay for it. Right. Like yeah, but- nobody gets mad when you have a bunch of friends over when you watch a movie in the privacy of your own home 
it's not because the laws exist and because uh, it's really hard to get people to pay for the each person in the room. Well, but they, this, they, this they, is pre- how, how would they even know? This is the same it's, thing. But it, it's different though. Right, exactly. They, 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 they don't even know what they don't even know what. Well, until Alexa counts how many heartbeats right, are in like, the room. But even that, like, <laughs> they don't know again unless you have something spying on it. What movie you've put in? Right, that's exactly like, my point. You could no. have it. You have an entire shelf of DVDs. You could pick any of those. So, so how would they ever say like, oh, well, you need to pay this unless you were to report and say, I watched, you know, uh, Frankenweenie with Aubrey and her four friends, and <laughs> right. so now I have to now pay three dollars. Yeah, but that's right. no. Yeah, that's but my that's point. All, extras. But that's all. That's all a straw man because the real the real problem isn't the number of people you have come over to your house. Like there's a it's a finite number of people that you no can, no no. That's not what can, I'm saying. You can totally into, no. But what I'm saying is it's it is it totally is because no, no, what I'm digital is, copy you could open it up and have thousands of people watch for free. And there's the problem. It's not that I have five people over every night to watch right. it. Like I get that it's yours. And it doesn't matter because they, because your living no your living room has a finite amount of space and. And the, and the, and the internet isn't, that, like, isn't restricted by physical square get, feet to consume. It is VR. Art. Any movie, any movie company has like a reasonable estimate of how many times movie, like how many movies are watched per week per household, and how many people are in there watching it. Right? Like sure. average family uses watches one and a half movies per week, and they have three point seven people watching that. One point two of which not being a member of their immediate family, right? Or something like that. Like you could easily get those numbers or estimate so, them. So you said that you know like the internet you're not limited by square foot or by, by physical space, but I totally agree. So broadcasting, I think you would call it broadcasting. That's something different. Yeah, yeah. But in VR, you are limited by physical space. Are you not? I mean, like that's the prime, like the big screen VR thing. The primary purpose there is to replicate the the experience of being in a room together. Yeah. In which okay, case, like, like take- having a thousand people requires a huge room. It would take this basic scenario, right? So, like, we're going to do this, the 50-yard line at the Super Bowl, right? My favorite example. I still think it will happen. Um, we have a 1,000 people who want to watch it, and so, you, you know, you might be limited by the physical space. But the problem is – or the, the solution is, is simple in my mind because you don't need a 1,000 people to actually be able to see a 1,000 people. And it doesn't even matter. You can do, like, change perspective and trick them. Like, the five of us are in a block. We have the five most central seats, and you can randomly place the other people – Right to like, like to us, we see them somewhere else. But that's not. But th- that's a different purpose. Like the f- the yard line, the fifty yard line is Correct. different. The fifty yard line is no. a totally different experience because it's that's not. You, you, okay, it's not, or like you, you don't have, have a thousand people room. on the line interacting with each other. Like it, it's different. Yeah, but you could have okay. You have a living room and you have a, some subset of ten people, but there's a thousand people experiencing. Yeah, you, 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 right? you have two hundred like, groups of five all experiencing yeah. the same thing from the same perspective. But there, there's you don't exactly. have the crosstalk of those groups. So I guess it is a little different than the the living room example you because could, if you, you have. 10 people over yeah, it feels you can like talk to all different 10 to me people in your you living room and watch a way. movie i mean it's, it's right like, right this quarter slack already works right like you could have one channel that's a thousand people and you have 200 sub channels which is per group and you could be bouncing between the two like there can be a meta conversation going on it's just like twitch plays or something like i think i think there's a place for it. i think it's different to your point you can't have that experience with a thousand people but the truth is you can't already have that experience with a thousand people so what's it matter i think you and i are agreeing yes Yes, That's my favorite <laughs> moment. No, I. You're right though, because if the promise is the the actual physical experience, like, I mean, unless you have a lot of double decker couches, right? It's like it's just not gonna. <laughs> right, not gonna and work. I think the only re- reason this is a point of conversation is because when it's on a computer and it's online, a company can actually track and then get what yeah. they think they're due out of it. 
For sure. I mean, that's definitely part of it. I just think like the bigger problem and one that we're going to see come to a head because so for example, you can download the big screen VR app today. The three of us mm-hmm. could join it today. We could all put in Jurassic Park and have a great time, right? One, actually, Andrew would just put we in Jurassic the Park because time. you have the definitive collector's edition, I'm sure. And we would watch your copy. Um, and that's all good and well because you can have four people in a room currently in big screen VR. But if that ever became successful to the point where someone was looking and curious, right? Like, there'll be a number that's assigned to being appropriate number of people able to watch your content or some type of, you know... I don't know, some type of like minuscule transaction. Cost. So, so if he's showing his computer desktop, it's fine. But Jurassic Park is DRM'd within big screen VR, and it's the only way to get around the DRM is that we all we all pay for a license, or he authorizes they, us all. Oh, well, they man, but, like, there's, but there's no way that that's already built into HDMI. Like, there's you if you have a certain kind of TV. That's or a certain true. kind of computer, you need a specific type of HDMI cable to decode the DRM, and if you can't, you, uh, it, yeah. it restricts what you can play it on. That's true. Which is yeah, garbage. That hardware solution is just never going to be the solution, though. And unfortunately, you'd have to have so many people in agreement to make I think that the, work. The argument is that uh, uh, DRM is never the solution. There's other correct. Like, you, you, I mean, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like we got yes. by without it for a long time. So. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Like the, yeah. the solution is not restricting. The solution right. is finding different ways to distribute I, or to allow. But I don't, I don't think DRM was ever meant to be a solution to a problem. I think DRM was meant to be a problem that led to a monetary solution for companies. They it was a problem. They yeah, it was a, it was a, roadblock, a problem right? they yeah. introduced that forced consumers to make a solution of pay money to own this content. Or not distribute it, basically. That's why that's why mm-hmm. EA is the most hated company in the world. <laughs> actually, for reasons unknown to me, I can't believe they're the most hated company in the world. But that's like it all stems from things like this, though. Actually, it's because people who hate EA are the same kind of people who would seek out a poll like that specifically to say how much they hate EA. <laughs> I really don't like that. I can't share spore with you. <laughs> <laughs> you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash. 55 while you're there find links to our social things uh hit us up on twitter and remind us that we have to record every week now because we're back for this new season and uh in theory if all goes according to plan we'll be back next monday and subsequent mondays subsequent mondays like um like keanu reeves in john wick 2 Everybody keeps asking me if I'm back. Well, I'm back. No, I don't know. That's how, that's how it goes, but it's part part of it. Clockwork. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's got to be something else. We'll figure out a new metaphor Tick. instead of a clock. Tick. I think we just find Tick. other things that Tick. are back. I think you're just saying, yeah, exactly, exactly. Has we'll to be something. We'll be back next Monday, like Jinkos. <laughs> we'll be back next Monday, and every 52 years after it, like Haley's Comet. And if, and some Mondays, like LL Cool J. <laughs> we'll be back next Monday and random Mondays in the future, like the DeLorean. Like people with jobs. People like personal them. obligations and responsibilities that prevent us from always being able to record and release a podcast on every Monday, like a clock. 
Instead, we'll do our best, but we can't always promise we'll be able to get it done on time. Because, my God, we have families, we have jobs, we have responsibilities. It's, it's hard being, being a person these days. It's just You don't always have time to do the things you want to do. Like clockwork. For your own personal that for your own personal safety, please do not try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> We're done now, right? That's gotta be it. I think that, I think that's all.